Phil Goodell is with us right here right now because we've got some kind of exciting to talk about for the It Takes Two podcast, a project Phil and I started working on before the pandemic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then during the pandemic and now. So Phil Goodell used to live in North Fargo, and if you ever saw someone walking, like walking down the sidewalk reading a book, odds are it was- It was most likely me. Phil is I don't know anybody else that does that. An avid reader. This guy reads like there is no tomorrow. And really, you've got a couple genres you really like, but you'll, oh, yeah. you'll read a little bit of just about anything. Yeah. If it's something that piques my interest, I'll, I'll pick it up. So this goes hand in hand with the KFGO Book Club, which I always do when Amy's gone. And then I grief for it on Monday because <laughs> she's like, I like to read too. We can talk about books when I'm there. But Phil and I have been working on a page-to-screen review of Stephen King books. It's Mm. called Men Among Kings, and we're going to start putting these in the It Takes Two podcast page. They are long-form discussions between Phil and I where Phil will break down exactly the plot, what takes place on the Stephen King, in the Stephen King novel, and then what they choose to get rid of, what they choose to use, and how well they do it when it comes to big-screen adaptations, which is where I shine. I love my Stephen King, especially the books. So let's start the KFGO book club off with, let's talk a little bit about Stephen King because it's that time of the year where people are looking for that winter book. Sure. Right? The weather outside is frightful. You want to sit at home. You want to get through some books. And you maybe loved Stephen King because you read a bunch of his books in the late 80s, maybe the mid-90s. There are current books. So we're going to just get into this. Phil... You've read almost every Stephen King book. Almost. Not every single one. His brand new one that came out last, I think it was last summer or last fall. And that's Fairy, fairy tale. tale. I haven't read that one yet. I got it for Christmas and I'm slogging through a book right now that I'm like, I kind of want to just finish so that I could start this new Stephen King book. Well, and Stephen King is not known for his breathiness. No. Right? He's known for... Well, let's just make it 800 pages. Yeah. No big deal, right? He also has that quality of, even though it may be a longer book, for whatever reason, I've, and I've read a lot of different books, they're easy to read. They're easy to get through. It's not, sometimes he embellishes some stuff, but he doesn't spend like three pages describing a dress. Yep. Like Last of the Mohicans might. Sure. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And the, some of those longer books of his become fan favorites, but they don't necessarily make the best miniseries or television show, No, which I find to be an interesting fact about what he does. People have so long wanted to do the Dark Tower, make that something, movies, TV series, something, and the movie that came out was just bad. It was, and now I think, I think someone told me, is Mike Flanagan attempting a Dark Tower TV, like a series, like a television yeah, series Yeah, I it? think somebody is trying to develop something something for the dark tower but that is a huge undertaking and i don't even when when the movie was announced i was like i don't even know how the heck they're gonna do it but yeah and they didn't spoiler alert when you listen to that men among kings we are not very kind to the matthew mcconaughey idris alba dark tower film and the downside of that that was originally thought to be maybe like a five-part movie series. Oh, yeah. like they were going to like extend that out and make it really long. Well, there's seven books in the series and it all it there, there Stephen King has his own little universe kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like the Stephen King universe. Right. And the Dark Tower kind of 
grabs everything that Stephen King has written and kind of like creates one giant universe out of it. And, you know, we give things like Marvel a lot of credit because, you know, they started doing it with comic books and having Mm -hmm. these things. But really, when you talk about the literary world is Stephen King was breaking ground. By not making things that are, you know, like ham-fisted when you when you put it, yep. but little tiny callbacks. Oh yeah, to other works in uh, the Dead Zone. He mentions Cujo, and there are characters in the Dead Zone that were in Cujo. See, so he 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 created this beginning thing, and he wasn't the first, but he definitely is one of the most popular ones. Okay, Phil, if someone's saying, "Listen, I've actually I never watched a Stephen King or I never read a Stephen King book. I know that he's great. I know that people love him. What are let's talk about the training wheels to getting into Stephen King. Some works that might just pull people in cuz I know I've got one." Yes. Um I would I, I'm conflicted between two of them, so I'm just going to say both of them. Go for it. The Shining and Pet Cemetery. Okay. Both of them are very f- great books. They're not particularly very long. They creep you out. Um, and they just, it's just really well-rounded. And you have to, you could go into it completely blind, not knowing anything about anyone. And they're also well-known titles. You could see a couple movies of each of those if you really want to know the story. Um, but those are just amazing books. I would I would always recommend those for somebody who's starting some Stephen King. When Phil and I started our Men Among Kings series, one of the things we talked about is well, we've got to do the the Shining. We've got to you know the Jack Nicholson Shining, which is famous, but we also have to do the Stephen Weber mm-hmm. miniseries that came <laughs> out in the early two uh, thousands. In the early, yeah. it might be late nineties, even 90s. if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and. Uh, which is way more faithful to the book, but I got to be honest, way less engaging of a cinematic <laughs> adventure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a quick story. So my wife is obsessed with the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, which is where Stephen King had his experience mm-hmm. that made the, the, that he turned into The Shining. Yeah. So it's the end of the season. They're just getting ready to close down the hotel. And they said, yeah, you can stay here, but it's going to be minimal staff. And he ends up one night going into a ballroom and there's a big party going on. And the next day he's talking about the party. It must've been a staff party and everyone got just white in the face. And they said, Nope, that didn't happen. We have spirits that haunt this place and room two thirty seven uh, directly translates. So I love telling people the story when they made the movie dumb and dumber, mm-hmm. they, it's not actually filmed in Aspen. They filmed it in Estes Park, Colorado, and they shot at the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. And Jim Carrey, the first night they're there, finds out, oh, this is the hotel from The Shining? And insists on being booked into room 237. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, he comes downstairs wearing a shirt and underpants and says, call me a cab, and waits outside in the cold. And after that, the next morning, he goes back. He stays at a, like a motel down the road. The next day, he tells the Farley brothers, I will not go in there until the moment you're ready to shoot. So do not, do not ask me to go in there to stand for lighting. I will not go in. And he wouldn't tell anybody about what happened to him that night before. But he left his luggage, everything. Jeez. Yeah. And so you can- Makes you wonder. it, it, It is one of those interesting things where Stephen King has pulled from real life experiences. Oh, yeah. And so- you can get so imagine reading The Shining, watching the movie, and then going and visiting the Stanley, yeah. right? Yep. Um, similarly, Pet Cemetery. The reason why he kind of wrote that story is because he lived when he was younger 
um, with his wife and kids when his kids were little next to an extremely busy highway. And one of his kids nearly did get clobbered by a truck. And See? so that inspired Pet Cemetery. And what, what a parent would do to get that child back, exactly. right? Um, okay, so let's talk about something a little more recent. Because this Pet Cemetery and The Shining are, are older novels. Older 80s type yeah. stuff like that. What about something a little fresher? Mr. Mercedes, I thought was really good. It's the first book in kind of a trilogy uh, that deal with uh, a retired cop. And it's the the very first one, the first two, actually, the first two of the series, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's just kind of like this cop and this psycho person who's kind of on a rampage and doing crazy stuff. It did, This also did get turned into a... I think it was just a straight out television show. Yeah. So, um, and I did w- watch the first season. The first season I thought was pretty faithful to the book. It was pretty good. I haven't watched past that, although I do have season two sitting in my living room ready to watch. Academy Award nominee Brendan Gleeson yes. is in that. What's he, his character? Uh, it's Hodges, Detective right? Bill Hodges. Bill yeah. Hodges. Yeah. Very good. Very suspenseful. Um, you get to, you get some of these characters that you really start to feel for and then show up in later stories. Um, there was another book called The Outsider that is more recent, and that kind of continues the story of Holly, who is a character in uh, Mr. Mercedes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so my I've read one Stephen King book, and I've seen almost all the Stephen King movies, and some of them are real stinkers. Yeah. But uh, the one I read, I think that Stephen King is amazing when it comes to writing uh how uh how terrifying snow is okay so in the shining mother nature and snow becomes mm-hmm. the thing that isolates the family right yeah. mm-hmm. can you guess what the book that i read that also deals with how terrifying snow is that plays such a huge part misery it is misery misery <laughs> the story of paul sheldon who's that a famous great. writer and his number one fan, Annie Wilkes, and one day he's driving uh, in a remote area of Colorado. His car goes off the road. He's rescued during this blizzard by his number one fan and brought to her home, which is out in the a very rural area. And she, I mean, she essentially, she tortures him yeah. after finding out uh, that he is, has killed the main character of a series of novels. He's famous and ultra rich for writing it is terrifying. And no wonder they made such an amazing movie with James Conn oh, yeah. and Kathy Bates, directed by Rob Reiner. Fantastic movie adaptation. Oscar winner. It, it right? was, absolutely. And Misery, to me, is one of those books where they tame the movie down from what happens in the book. Yeah. But you still get the same creepy vibes oh, from yeah. it. And, and, you know, you see that. You see Paul Sheldon look out and the roads are horrible and, and the phone lines are down. So that's why I say I think King is really good at the terrifying nature of the elements around you. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, also, you know who who's met Stephen King in this building? Who? Too Tall Tom Shemansky. Really? So when he uh, lived out in uh, Maine doing weather in Maine, he met, uh, he it's a great story. He met um, Stephen King and Stephen King, he goes, hey, aren't you Stephen King? He goes, hey, aren't you the weather guy? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I love that story. I make Tom tell it all the time. Awesome. But uh, to me, Stephen King is one of those guys who has done an absolutely amazing job writing these novels and also 
He's written under a pseudonym as well. So there's a bunch of movies Richard that if Bachman. you if you did not know, so like The Running Man yep. is a Richard Bachman novel. The Shawshank Redemption. Same thing. This, I mean, the guy who writes it also writes The Shawshank Redemption. My he's, mind he's is got, blown right now. He's what? got a wide variety. He doesn't always do horror, but he's mostly known for horror. And he's just he does a good job with characters. I think yeah. you get really invested in the characters that Stephen King creates. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever read a Stephen King book, Will Thompson? Uh, apparently, I have. Uh, I've read Shawshank <laughs> Redemption. <you>? Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew that Stephen King wrote things that weren't horror sometimes, but I didn't know that he wrote it under a, a pen name, under yeah. a, a different yeah. name. And even like when they make the screenplay for it, he continues Richard Bachman into the screenplay. Well, you got to be committed mm-hmm. to the bit, right? You do, yeah, a hundred percent. And and going back with uh, the things that he like writes out of his own experience the book the dark half deals with like writing under a pseudonym and then getting found out and everything like that the main character oh. has a pseudonym who writes horror stuff and then his real name just f- fluffy type stuff and then what happens if that pseudonym becomes a real person and starts haunting oh. you it's a it's a trippy novel i also i want to throw out there he's written a piece of nonfiction called stephen king on writing and if anyone has ever been inspired to write anything uh short stories poems uh a blog that has a fictional nature to it or you want to work on a novel this is the bible for writing it is absolutely one of the most amazing books i've ever read and he talks about how you need to be committed to sitting down in front of you know a keyboard for an hour and a half a day. He goes, don't push your, an hour. If you can get an hour in a day, you can write a novel in six months. And he said, you also have to be willing to throw away a week's worth of work if it's harder and harder every single day to get there. And it's and he's got simple tricks. He's got cool things. He talks about his experience with writing. He also talks about how you know, lonely, the act of writing can be, how you need to grow a little bit of a thick skin when you ask someone to read. Also, stop asking your spouse to read the latest <laughs> chapter of your book because they are not as invested, even though you think that they should be. It's fantastic. Another person texts in at 35, in fact, a bunch of texts at 35270. I love King. Have about half of his books. Where can I find a complete list of books? Uh... New oh the new it sucks as a movie original rocks my twenty and thirteen year old uh, agree Cujo got me started with him oh you didn't like the new it I, I liked the new I liked it. the first of the two movies the okay. second one is still still okay but well it, no one no good. one is gonna stick the landing of a giant clown spider yeah, from outer space <laughs> it's, it's really i mean like what are you what are you hoping to get out of that type of thing there was some good stuff about it but there was also some ish not yeah. ish but like nah i mean i was pretty i was pretty impressed with like the casting and stuff oh yeah like the casting was great for it Another person says, uh, The Green Mile was an amazing Stephen King novel. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing is we, we constantly think he's the king of horror, right? And he's not. It's, he is, it's more just supernatural right. or just weird stuff. Right. Um, he also got. He also has a book called The Girl Who Loves Tom Gordon. It literally just came yeah, in the yeah. text. <laughs> <laughs> and that has nothing to do with anything supernatural, although you think it does because there's a bear in it. And the way that he describes this grizzly bear, it's just horrific but it's a girl who's lost in the woods and she runs up against a bear who starts charging her and she 
throws up. Spoiler alert, I guess. Oh, yeah. Careful, I'd, be, I'd careful, better stop. Careful. I'd better stop. <laughs> yeah, people want to get into this. It's well, a short one, though. It's a really short one. The easy other, one to get. The other nice thing is because he's such a prolific writer, every single one of his books is going to be available at your local library. Oh, yeah. You know, and if they Heck, don't could, have it, they'll get it for you. You could go to a secondhand bookstore and find a bunch of his books. Yeah. In fact, because you is your collection complete? Not 100% complete, but I have most of I, them. I remember handing you, what was it? Uh, 1122, yeah, 63. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your eyes got so wide, you were so excited about it. Oh, yeah. So I think there's a lot of great stuff. Again, I'm very excited that we're going to bring these Men Among Kings episodes onto the It Takes Two podcast. Phil and I break down uh, the difference between the novel versus the movie for Stephen King adaptations because I would say he's probably the most adapted writer of all time. Oh, So there's a lot of versions of A Christmas Carol, but when you talk about novel to movie adaptations, I don't think anyone has come close to Stephen King. No, almost Almost everything has been adapted. I think, you know, most of the time someone buys the rights to his book once he titles it before it's even written completely. And, that, you know, that tracks. Paramount be like, we'll make it. We'll make it. We'll make a movie out of it. Uh, Phil Goodell, always a pleasure to have you here. Always a pleasure to be here. And uh, again, oh, also, quick shout out to The Stand, right? That's yes. a big, thick oh. book. And you, it's good if you got a long winter trip ahead of yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And that one's a thick one to get into and, and deals with the pandemic. So there you go. It's very timely. Yeah. And you've got two different miniseries to watch afterwards. Yes. Now, those miniseries are tough to judge because one, terrible acting, but pretty faithful to the book. The other one, much better acting, but not as faithful to the book. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. This has been an edition of the KFGO Book Club, which we seem to only have when Amy Eiler is out. But <laughs> uh, I swear it's not because Amy doesn't like to read. It's just because I use the time <laughs> to my advantage to talk about books.